Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Parentheses, the podcast. I have tried to record this intro like nine times so far, and then just before this first one, I spilled water all over myself. So hoping that maybe it was good luck and this intro will work out better than the other 12 tries I just did. And anyways, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to another episode. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Belle. I am a brand and marketing strategist and copywriter based out of Calgary, Alberta in Canada. And this is my space to share marketing, branding, copywriting, business, books I'm reading, um, any of the above topics and more. (laughs) This is my space to share all kinds of stuff with you. And I so appreciate you being here to listen to another episode. And this episode's going to be good, minus the spilled water on my lap right now. I think it's going to be a really good chat. I have a whole list of things I'm going to be sharing. Um, A big part of the list is uh, right at the beginning here, I'm going to get into things I have been loving lately, which I have a bunch of stuff written down and I think it's going to be good. I'm really excited to share a couple of them. They're things that um, I'm really, uh, yeah, just really loving over the past few months, uh, over the summer. Um, that have been just bringing me a lot of joy. So I thought I'd share them with you. And then we're going to get into the bulk of the episode, which is all about repurposing content. And I'm going to explain about what that means, why it's important, why it can make such a difference when you're creating marketing material um, and content marketing specifically materials for a smaller business or a growing business, because it is an age of content out there. It is, we are in our content era and it is a lot to keep up with. Um, if you are a business owner or a creative, um, or trying to get traction in a specific industry, it's a lot to handle. And there are certain tricks that can make content creation a little bit easier, faster, um, more simple, um, and leverage stuff that you already have created. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that a little later in the episode. But to start with, okay, so first of all, how am I doing? Well, I'm recording on a different day. I spilled water on myself. It's been really hard to get this intro going. So doing okay, (laughs) doing okay. Um, Josh is off playing golf right now, which is great. So I have the house to myself, which is lovely. And it's been actually a really good week. I got a lot done over the week. It was like a really productive, packed week of work. And then uh, this weekend has actually been really nice too. We hit um, a farmer's market yesterday, like an indoor one. Um, and it was really lovely, very hot. I think they could use some AC, but <laughs> but it was still really lovely. And we picked up some blueberries, like a, one of those big, if you're from BC, um, you probably know the type I'm talking about, but there are these big boxes. I think it's like a five pound box of blueberries. Um, and when I lived on Vancouver Island, um, it was like my favorite part of the summer was when those big five pound boxes would come out because blueberries have quickly become one of my absolute favorite, like seasonal berries, fruits, produce, I guess one of my favorite seasonal produce items. And I just love when they come in those big tubs and you can just kind of like pick through them and they're such a great snack to just like have. And then of course you can freeze them if you need or put them in smoothies and stuff. So it's really easy to make sure they don't go bad either. So we actually found some at this farmer's market, which I was really excited about. And I've been eating them probably too much over the past 24 hours, Um, but they are just so good, like way too good. So maybe that's the first thing I've been loving is those big five pound boxes of blueberries (laughs) for obvious reasons. Um, 
And that actually, I guess, is a good way to get into the list for today, which is I'm going to be sharing a little bit about things I've been loving. So first off, I guess blueberries. That'll be my kind of um, automatic one that gets added to the top of the list. Um, Second one is also food related. So um, I would say probably most people know what this is. AHA, A-H-A, the bubbly water drinks. They're very similar to a bubbly or just like a sparkling water in general, Um, but they have really fun branding, like really fun colors. And I find they are so much less, um, what do you call it? Uh, Oh my gosh, the bubbly. There's so much, what is that called? Okay, it's, I actually paused the recording to look it up. (laughs) That's how uh, annoying that was. So (laughs) AHA drinks are way less carbonated than bubbly, which is my other preferred um, sparkling water of choice. And their flavor is really strong. I really like it. I feel like sometimes the carbonation on bubbly is just a little bit too strong and not on every flavor, but in some flavors it can really like overpower the flavor that you're getting in the water. So I'm really liking Aha's lately. And it's been such a fun summery drink to have like out on the patio. I put it in a cute drink with a straw, a cute glass with a straw. And it just makes it kind of fun, summery vibes. And you go sit outside and you have something kind of just fun to have in the afternoon um, without having to have like a cocktail or something. Um, It's just really nice. It's much nicer than just regular water and it's obviously still hydrating. So I've been really loving those lately, especially... I think we got the is it like grapefruit and honey or peach and honey or something the peach and honey the pink one um it's been really really good we have it in the fridge right now and i've been drinking them non-stop so much so that my tongue is like kind of feeling weird sometimes so i think i should probably stop the carbonation is probably getting to me a little bit um but that's been a really fun summer drink hack is just having one of those in the evening or even just in the afternoon when i'm finishing up some work things and it's really beautiful outside and i really want to have that kind of summer feeling. So that's definitely something I've been loving a lot lately. The other, the next thing on the list, cause I have more than just two, <laughs> the other, the next thing on the list is probably something you could guess. And that is my Kindle because my Kindle has become my whole personality. It's my whole Instagram feed. I'm literally obsessed. Uh, I have to say, um, the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because Sometimes you really put yourself in a box of like, I'm this kind of person or I like these things. And I did this with lots of stuff. I did it with paper calendars, like having a, like an agenda book to keep track of my weeks and my tasks. And I never thought I would be the kind of person who would run off of a digital calendar or a digital task tracker. And I totally have shifted. I am now fully digital. I love my digital space where I keep all my projects. It's so much faster, so much more time efficient. And it makes writing like a much more creative process for me. So I can kind of write or draw like website designs or ideas if I'm kind of needing some idea generation time, Um, but puts all my organization into a digital space. And very similar to, um, to that is how I felt about books for a long time. It's like, I love reading a ton and I've always really loved reading, but I always really felt like I was such a book person and not only just a book person, but a paperback person. I really, really don't love hardcovers. 
they're more expensive um, and I don't like holding them nearly as much as I enjoy holding a paperback. I find them heavier. They're just like harder to pack with you. You get more worried about damaging them. And so I'm like, just not into it. (laughs) And um, I always really thought I would just be like a paper book person. And then they're kind of expensive if you don't have a library situation that's really convenient for your routine and schedule. And if you like more, you know, new books or books that are kind of becoming popular and you want to read the latest one that some other people are reading or you see something on social media and you're like, I want to try that. The library is definitely a, a trickier option if you prefer that kind of um, book selection. And I just never thought I would go be a Kindle gal, to be honest, because I was so into the paper format. But I had been realizing that I had not been reading a ton and it was kind of tricky to bring it with me all the time. And I tried the Kindle app on my phone and I was like, okay, I could kind of see the appeal of this. And then a Kindle went on super sale um, and I just went for it just to see. And now I am literally obsessed. Like if you follow me on Instagram, you obviously know I've been reading so much lately, actually even better than following on Instagram and seeing me posting my Kindle 24 seven on Goodreads. I've been reading so much more this summer and I don't think it's just because it's summertime. Um, I think it is really because the Kindle has made it super accessible. Um, It came with three months of Kindle premium or Kindle unlimited, whatever it's called. (laughs) And it was awesome. It's been really fun to just rip through a couple kind of romance novels for summer, a couple fun mystery reads. And I've just been going through it really, really quickly and reading constantly, reading in bed before I go to sleep, reading in the morning before I get started on work. Uh, It's so easy to take with me. I'm just a really big fan. So if you've been really feeling like you've been struggling with the reading situation, but you really want to get back into it, it's really been awesome um, from my perspective on getting me back into the reading game. And on that note, I wanted to share what I'm reading lately, which my sister actually said she really loves this book as well. Um, And I've heard a few other people say some really um, great things about it, which is The Secret Life of Addie LaRue. And in normal Belle fashion, I do not know the name of the author. Hold on one moment. Okay, another pause. And I've actually messed up already. It's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And it's by V.E. Schwab, V-E-S-C-H-W-A-B. And it is really good so far. I'm about 25% through. And it's been really fun. It's a really kind of interesting fantasy concept that I feel like there's a movie made with a girl of the same name. Um, Adeline is the girl's name. Short Addie is the shortened version. And I feel like there was a movie about that. And it seems very similar, but a little bit different. So maybe it's just a similar concept accidentally having the same name. (laughs) But anyways, it's a really, really good concept. And it's kind of fantasy, but it's still based in real life. And it's it hops around in time. So if you like books that kind of hop around on timelines, it's really interesting. Um, it's also, as I said, very fantastical. There's definitely a big fantasy element um, praying to like the gods at night. And then the gods at night are like evil kind of, but maybe they're not. I have to kind of assess. <laughs> but um, grant wishes, but don't grant the wish the exact way you want them to. So it's very reminiscent of fairy tales in that way. So it's really fun. It's definitely different than my normal or like usual genres but it's been really good so far and my sister said it was great and I've had a few other people make a couple good um, recommendations like rate it well on Goodreads and stuff so um, that's what I'm reading right now and I'm quite enjoying it 
I'm going to move on to the next thing. So I've talked about my Kindle enough, I think, and I'm going to hop into the next thing that I've been really loving lately, which is having slow work days. So not like days where I take the whole day off or something. I'm not like saying I really love days where I do nothing. But what I've been really loving is having specific days in my week where I don't have as much work that is well so first of all I make my own schedule and I work from home so this is probably only relatable if you have a similar situation where maybe you do have the ability to make a bit of your own schedule or you work from home and you have a bit of flexibility in how you um, move things around in your day but that's my situation and there's a lot of good things about that and there's also a lot of stressful things about that because it's a lot of self-motivation you have to really hold yourself accountable and you have to keep yourself company company a lot which is I like I really like um, my setup uh, work-wise, but um, I feel like in the past I was not really great about having specific days that are like slower paced in terms of work. So still having work projects to get done, still having lots of tasks on my plate, but just scheduling the day so I can take it easy. So like maybe starting the day a little bit later, maybe I you know read more in the morning, or maybe I start off the day watching a YouTube video and going on a walk and something like that. And then I come back and do a couple projects, got my inboxes cleared, um, you know, tick a few things off the list and then maybe do something else in the day, but just the whole day feeling a little slower paced. And a big thing for me for making that happen has been being really intentional about when I schedule meetings. Because if you work from home or if you have a slightly remote work situation, you know that Zoom calls and video calls in general uh, can take up a lot of your time if you're trying to get ready to be on a call, if you have to present something, if you have to be attentive on calls. It just it can break up your day quite a lot, and it really makes you have to have really on parts of your day, which is awesome. It's great. Get stuff done. Um, I love a call day for sure, but I feel like before I would just have calls scattered through the week, and lately I've been working really hard to keep all my calls in specific sections of the week, and I know some people do this really, really specifically where they like only book calls on Mondays or something. Um, I have not gotten quite that good. (laughs) That would be sweet. But I've been really trying to be intentional about leaving maybe one or two days in the week that have either no calls at all or fewer calls. So maybe like one call in the morning and that's it, something like that. So I've been being way more intentional about that. And it makes the slow work days so nice. So like rejuvenating. Um, You get a lot more deep work done or a lot more creative work done if that's kind of what's needed Um, and just gives a little bit more time to ease into projects. Um, I've been just really enjoying. So something, whether that's how you adjust a work schedule, how you adjust activities you're doing. Um, Maybe you have like super insanely busy evenings or weekends and just trying to like build in the slow time and not building in necessarily rest. Like I don't like thinking of it as rest days because Um, that stresses me out a little bit almost (laughs) like I have to be resting. It's like, what if I'm feeling inspired or what if I want to get some of this stuff done? Um, but just more thinking of it as having slow time, like time where you can move a little slower. There's not quite as many deadlines, not quite as many rush things. You can get dressed a little later in the day, like those kinds of things. Um, I'm really enjoying that. And so if that, you know, shifts to your weekend or your evenings or something, I'd really recommend being intentional about that has been so awesome throughout the past summer. Um, and specifically over the past, maybe like two months, I've been really on top of it. So that's another thing I'm loving. 
Next thing is mad fit workout videos. If you have connected with me before on social media, you probably know that I love mad fit workout videos because <laughs> I post them quite regularly um, and I do them almost every day. And mad fit, so it's M-A-D like mad, um, and then fit, F-I-T, obviously, mad fit, all one word. And it's a Canadian YouTuber, uh, Maddie, and she is, I believe, a former dancer um, or has a dance background and is really passionate about making workouts like fun and accessible, but while still being like a really good uh, sweat. And she has all kinds of videos, like so many. If you want a five minute arms workout, if you only have, you know, 10 minutes to do your um, hit workout for the day, or if you want like a full body 30 minute, or maybe you want a yoga stretch, or maybe you want a dance workout, um, whatever you're kind of looking for. She has so many options and I am just such a fan. I've been doing her workout videos for several years and I've recently got back into them because I really hurt my tailbone this past winter. And so my workout stuff, like my schedule and my routine and kind of the usual workouts I would do has really been thrown off by that. Um, I'm not sure how bad I hurt it because I didn't actually go to the doctor, but I could not do a sit up. I couldn't like lay down and do anything workout wise that had to do with um, bending at the waist or anything for a lot of the winter um, after that snowboard trip. So that was lame, <laughs> but uh, it, and it kind of just made it tricky because mad fit videos are definitely there's lots of like squats and you know mini jumps and stuff if you do those kinds of videos or lots of stretching and I just really needed to do a lot more like yoga and um, like walking I did a lot of walking um, and hiking and stuff which even was tough for the first bit but got better so mad fit is just I'm such a fan um, I love that she's Canadian I love that the point of her videos is to make like working out accessible and fun. So if I'm like really not in the mood to work out, I start with a dance video, which I will not record. I am not, <laughs> I will not be like sharing my dance videos that because copying her, she's so good and I am not. Um, but it is really fun to like get into it with like a three minute quick little dance workout. And then you kind of feel more motivated to maybe do something else. It's also nice if it's not that nice out, you don't want to go exercise outside or you know, get out to the gym or a class or something. I've been just loving the home workout energy lately. So I've been really, really loving those videos. Highly, highly recommend. And okay, last thing is an Instagram account. And I believe it's also a big TikTok account, but I do not have a personal TikTok. So I do not know for sure, <laughs> but it is an Instagram account that both Josh and I have been absolutely loving like so much. We talk about it all the time. We're very inspired by her, but it's likable cocktails on Instagram. Uh, it's this woman who is, I think one of the best bartenders like in the world, in North America. She's super, super um, well-known, I guess, in the cocktail community and has a, an incredible community on social media. And she just posts these amazing cocktail how-tos and recipes with a ton of tips and history on the cocktails and things you might want to add or try or ingredients or highlighting like cocktails to go with specific um, albums or types of music. She's so good at what she does and just incredibly talented and informative in this space. And cocktails are something that we're kind of recently getting into for more at home 
We bought a couple fun syrups at a market the other day we're going to try. Um, and been, Josh has been going ham on these margaritas and making and just trying out the different recipes and stuff and has perfected, I think, um, an amazing margarita. So now we have our little bar cart and we make margaritas sometimes and we're kind of branching out into some other cocktails as well. And I am so inspired by this woman's page and, uh, Josh is also like obsessed. We'll like watch them and be so into them. And she's just, as I said, like so informative. If you're at all interested in cocktails or even just fun, like food tutorial videos, I would highly recommend likable cocktails on Instagram. Highly, highly recommend. And that's the last one here, folks, for things that I've been loving lately. I probably could have made that list a little bit longer. I have lots of things that I've been kind of tackling lately and trying. Um, But I thought those were kind of the ones that came to mind as I was putting this together yesterday, this list. So... I think this would be a good time for us to shift into talking about content. Actually, what an amazing segue that I should have made better use of, but I will not go back and re-record <laughs> to make better use of. It's the fact that I ended uh, my list with the Instagram account that I think is doing an amazing job providing value to her audience and educating people about a specific um, industry is the likable cocktails, as I said. And um, the next thing I'm gonna talk about is content and marketing and creating content and how to repurpose it across channels, um, across time. And I wanted to start that conversation with talking a little bit more about content in general. So I said earlier in the episode that we are in the content era, which is true. Um, if you are a business or a brand or a creative of any t- of any type, really, literally any type, honestly, people expect you to be sharing content and content can look like a whole bunch of different things. So content could be a podcast like this one. Content could be blog posts that people can find on Google. Content could be social media posts. It could be infographics. It could be articles that you write. Um, Content can look like so many different things. It could be videos, YouTube, uh, TikTok. Like it can look like a whole bunch of things. It can even look like emails, like newsletters. Uh, It's a whole bunch of different options for what, when it comes to like what content really is. And I'm going to get a little bit further into that in a second. But um, let's go back to people expecting content from businesses. So this is, as I said, pretty much no matter what business you are. And it didn't used to be this way. If you were like a cleaning company or maybe a uh, like a construction um, contractor, people might not always have expected you to be creating content. They might just know you through word of mouth. They might not look you up and care too, too much about what they see on online, but that's really quickly changing. And that's something that we're really noticing across kind of all different industries is people are starting to really expect high quality, consistent content. So not just random graphics you put up that don't really mean anything and don't really say anything and don't really look like your brand, but like actually really good content that you post regularly across whatever channels that you kind of focus on. That's a pretty big expectation that is now um, kind of normal for all uh, businesses as opposed to before. It was you know really normal for more creative companies or maybe companies that really focused on content like marketing agencies and that kind of thing but um, is now becoming more important for all kinds of businesses. So there's a couple couple reasons that people really care about content. Obviously, it's just the way that the marketing space is moving. But more than that, audiences expect 
content to help answer questions. So this is why creating content is um, one of the reasons why it is really valuable is that it can directly answer your potential clients and potential customers questions before they um, purchase from you, before they hire you. Um, So it's a chance to um, answer questions, which is really, really helpful when you're trying to explain why you might be the best option for them or might, you know, know their problem the best, you know, things along those lines, but also establishes you as an expert. So it helps you answer questions, establish you as an expert uh, by showcasing that you have, you know, the information they need. So let's say someone's looking for, um, as I said, like a cleaning company, and maybe they really want a cleaning company that is really fast and uses like non-harmful products and has really friendly like team team members. Maybe that's those are things that are important to them. So if that's your kind of ideal customer as a cleaning company, we want to make sure that you are putting out content that people can find. Maybe it's through email, maybe it's on social, maybe it's on your website. Um, That's just an example. Maybe it's even a podcast, but we want to make sure people can find content that answers their questions. You know, do they use non-harmful products? Okay. They did a whole blog post about all the products that they use and the different levels of toxicity of normal products versus the ones they use and stuff. And wow, this looks really impressive. They really know what they're talking about. So you've answered their question and you've established yourself as an expert. So now they're going to keep going back to you going, well, what about this product? Have you guys ever used this, like this kind of floor cleaner? Like, is it good or does it give off weird chemical? I don't know. I don't, I'm obviously not an expert in this topic. (laughs) Um, And then what that gets you is leads and sales. So that's what content is always supposed to be kind of focused on is building up your expertise, um, answering your audience's questions, and then bringing you those leads and ultimately those sales, which is how businesses, of course, keep running. So that is why content is becoming such a big thing is that there are so many options out there for so many people across all kinds of different um, industries and businesses that as a business, um, and especially as someone who is in a maybe a more saturated space, um, it's really important to have content that really helps you stand out, makes you an expert, and gives people a reason to continue to book you or book you the first time and then become a loyal customer. So that is talking about the age, the era of content that we are in, why it matters, And I said I was going to kind of define the types of content. I I know I've listed a whole bunch of different types so far, like different platforms and formats, but I'm going to clarify two terms that if you don't know them are going to be really helpful for the rest of this conversation. And those are long form content and short form content. Sorry, big dramatic pause there. (laughs) Uh, Long form content is pretty much what you could guess is anything that is in a longer format often takes longer to put together, longer to read, um, or take in depending on the format it is. Examples of what this type of form, uh, this type of content would look like would be something like a blog, something like a podcast, something like a YouTube video. So as I said, like things that take a little bit longer to put together, take a little bit longer to uh, take in, uh, whether you're listening, watching, or reading. Um, And then the opposite of that or the other side of that would be the short form content. So that would be, again, something that is takes um, less time to put together um, and then also takes less time to absorb or um, 
take in. So examples would be emails, social media, um, short form videos like reels or TikToks would also fall into that category. Even if sometimes it takes you a long time to put together a reel and does not take a very long time to uh, watch it. So that is why it is qualified as a short form piece of content. So those are the two um, terms that are probably going to help as we continue the rest of this conversation. So as we talk about repurposing content, so usually, um, usually you would come up with a bit of a content strategy for your business. So thinking about who you are creating content for, obviously people who, you know, you want to be your customers or you want to bring into your community where they are. So thinking about where are those people? What is interesting to them? Do they like reading? Do they like listening? Do they like watching? And then creating a content strategy where you decide what platforms you're going to be on, uh, what content you're going to be creating and what, uh, (laughs) <laughs> what, how do I say this? What topics you will be covering. So what things you will be talking about, what things you will be trying to become an expert in. And this is what some people would call a marketing strategy. Some people might call it a content strategy um, or a social media strategy, but whatever you say <laughs> for the name of it, it really is just a strategy for where you are sharing content, what type of content you will be sharing, um, how you're going to be creating it, how you're going to be measuring if it works or not, and then the topics or the um, specific points that you're going to be covering in your content. So having that all put together is what I would probably call a content strategy. And something that a lot of people forget about when it comes to content and putting it out for your business is the fact that you can reuse it. So you can take a piece of content and use it again in a different way. And I'm going to kind of explain how I have done that um, for clients and for my own business and just overall for any content that we create. It's always really nice to keep in mind that you can repurpose it or reuse it in different ways. And it makes content creation and using content as your marketing for your business a lot easier um, and a lot more doable. So I'm going to kind of get into it. And again, this is just some things that I have seen work, um, methods that I have used in the past. Um, This is not to say that these are the only things that you could do, but I thought I would share a little bit of insight. So first off, one way that you can repurpose your content is you can take inspiration from your long form content. So this would be actually, let me start with saying before I get into that tip, let me just start with saying that usually the best strategy is to create long form content and then repurpose that into short form content. So um, if you have decided that part of your content that you're going to create are blog posts, this is a really easy one because most people, like most businesses should be writing blogs. Um, I could do a whole episode on like SEO and why that makes a difference and why it impacts your business long-term if someone might be interested in that. But for the case of this episode, let's just say if you start with a blog, so a long form piece of content, you've put a bunch of effort into like researching or putting together your expertise, formatting it into a good blog post, putting it on your website. So you've put all that work into that, that long form piece of content. Why would we not reuse that or repurpose it in different ways um, in other types of content? So let's say you have blogs as part of your content strategy. Another part of your content strategy might be emails, right? So it might be sending out weekly emails to your newsletter list or your email list. Um, And then another part might be Instagram. Let's say, let's just use Instagram as an example. So maybe you have blogs, 
emails, and Instagram. Let's say those are your main platforms that you post on and you create right currently you're creating content for each of them. And you're like, what do I want to talk about? I'm going to talk about a whole bunch of different stuff across all these different platforms. It's a lot of work. It's overwhelming. Three platforms is a lot to manage. And some people manage way more. Um, but if you create something that is long form, uh, like a blog, and then you turn that into the short form pieces, that's where that, that repurposing comes in. And, um, that's where the ease of content creation starts to become a little more apparent and makes it a little bit more doable. It also makes your content a little bit more consistent and predictable, which is good because we want Google and Instagram and other algorithms to really understand what type of content that you create as a business. And we want your community or your potential customers or your current customers to really know what to expect from you, know the kinds of content that they're going to get. And that's going to either keep them following, keep them engaged or get them, you know, not excited about it. And then they go away and that's okay because that's probably means they are not your ideal customer. So let's go back to the repurposing. So I mentioned the creating long form content first. So let's say you write a blog post. Let's say, let's go back to the cleaning example. You're a cleaning company. Let's say you wrote a blog post all about like the 10, 10 products to clean your house, um, that are good for that, you know, don't leave toxic chemicals in the air or something like that. Let's say you have a post about that. Obviously you would not use that as your title. That's an awful title, (laughs) but let's say you have a post about that. And one way you could repurpose that is taking inspiration. So let's say you go back through some of your long form content. You're like, okay, I need to put together some social media posts for the next little bit. I need to write some emails of what I'm going to send to my newsletter list. Um, taking inspiration would be saying like, Hey, Oh, that made me think of, I should also talk about specifically, um, floor cleaners, like people really, really are interested in how floor cleaners like can affect the air quality and different chemicals that are in them and how you actually get a floor clean without, you know, just like lavender and water, like more, you know, specific soap products. So let's maybe just take inspiration and go, okay, this post is, you know, doing well, this blog post, I'm going to take inspiration from that and create some newsletter content and social media content specifically about one of the cleaners I was talking about. And I'll create a whole other email and post specifically from that. So that would be like taking inspiration. So like reviewing what you've done in the past and going like, oh, that gives me an idea, an idea about something kind of similar. So that's one way. Um, it's kind of a pretty vague way to repurpose content, but actually it's really helpful. I'm not sure about you, but sometimes I'm like, what should I talk about? And, uh, or what should I share, you know, with my community? And I want it to be helpful. I want it to be something that's relevant to stuff I normally talk about and, um, and valuable, right? So I go back through some of my longer form content, like blog posts I've written or other podcasts or whatever, and then take inspiration going, oh, that actually makes me think of this. And that's going to be really valuable because of this reason. So that's again, a bit of a vague way to do it, but definitely super helpful, especially if you're not at a super strategic place yet that you have a time, you know, a specific time every week that you create content and schedule it out and that kind of thing. So if you're a little more, um, free, free form, um, and you kind of just create content when you have the time, and and don't have it super scheduled out, then this could be a really good tool. The next thing would be actually having a system for breaking long form content into short form content. So this would be, again, having long form pieces that you very specifically put together because you know it's valuable to your audience. You know it's, you know, on a platform that they're going to be able to find easily. Um, Again, so let's use that blog situation of the um, different cleaning products. 
That would look like if you've created that blog and you know that it's valuable to your audience, what you do is you then take maybe two at a time or three at a time of those products and go, I'm going to make some social media posts where I highlight maybe one or two of these products and why they are valuable for cleaning your house or, you know, what they do that other products don't do or how they compare to this other cleaning thing that you tried once. And so you're going to actually take pieces of the content, could even be um, a couple like little pieces of text that you then expand on in a social media post or even in a newsletter where you go, okay, I'm going to highlight one at a time and then link people back to my blog post in case they missed it. So obviously you wouldn't do that for 10 weeks in a row. Let's say there's 10 things in a blog post. You wouldn't for 10 weeks in your newsletter highlight one at a time because obviously if people are going to find it interesting, they read it the first or second week, they're not going to continue to be excited about your newsletter if you just continue to highlight the same blog post. So it's not that you just repurpose and do you know those 10 things across the next 10 weeks, but you break it up. So you go, okay, maybe once a month I'm going to highlight one of these things. And that's a great method for taking a long form piece of content that you have created and breaking it into smaller chunks and then scheduling that over time so that you know you have little pieces of content to make into shorter form. So maybe you make video series highlighting one at a time um, and then you draw people back to your website by saying, hey, go check out my blog post where I highlight all 10. Um, So that's another great tool of using that call to action as a way to get people back to your longer form if they're looking for more information, giving you even more of a chance to prove yourself as an expert in this space, showcase that you know what your your potential customers are going through or dealing with and that you have the solutions for them. So that is an example of taking a long form piece of content and doing something a little more strategic and scheduled and taking each little section of that um, and breaking it into a shorter form piece of content. So that's one example. Um, A couple other things I'll mention is um, turning like a podcast into a blog post. So that's a way of taking two long form piece of pieces of content and having, you know, let's say a podcast episode that you also have as a blog post. And then you take that blog post and turn it into a newsletter. And then you take that newsletter and maybe highlight one or two things in a social media post or in a reel or a TikTok video. But it's all about using things that you've done a lot of research on or a lot of work on and breaking it down to that next section. Well, how else can we share this? Not in the exact same way. We don't want to share, you know, one blog post and then turn it into another blog post by just adding a different title. We don't want to do that. Or we don't want to share the exact same email, but like adjust one or two little lines. We don't want to do that. We don't want to imitate content exactly, but we want to take the pieces that we have put a lot of work into and then turn that into a slightly different, still valuable, maybe a little bit smaller or more focused piece of content. Another way to look at it is maybe you make a joke video. So saying like, let's say you put together a TikTok or a reel or a short form video like that, highlighting, um, you know, one of the cleaning products in a kind of funny way. So you, maybe you take a different approach to it, um, or maybe you make it kind of inspiring, or maybe you make it, I just hit my mic again. Classic. Anyways, so that's just a couple other examples like that where um, you can use long form content and turn it into other long form content or short form content, but you just don't want it to be the same. You don't want to be imitating content exactly and just adjusting tiny, tiny little things like titles or like couple little words. We want it to be a unique piece of content, but you're taking all the work you did um, and repurposing. So just wanted to clarify that there. My last tip on the repurposing content um, is 
having a place where you keep all of your content that you've put together. So especially for longer form, you don't have to have a spot where you put all your social media post captions. Maybe you just write them on the fly. Maybe they're in your scheduling tool or something like that. But for things like emails, newsletters, blog posts, podcasts, anything like that, we want to have YouTube video scripts even or YouTube videos. We want to have that kind of all together as much as possible so that you have the ability to take that and turn it into something else. So if you filmed an awesome YouTube video, you're like, this looks amazing. It's so helpful. People are really liking it. Well, why don't we go back to it in a, in a month or two and grab a couple little clips of it and turn it into a TikTok or a reel. Um, or maybe we take one point you mentioned in it that a bunch of people really resonated with in the comments and you write a newsletter about it. Um, or maybe you turn that into a blog post. So it's all about looking at what you've already talked about and finding that repurposing uh, strategy within it. So the last, last thing, I know I said that already. <laughs> this is not a tip. This is actually just something that often people ask about when they ask about repurposing uh, content in marketing and for business is won't people know it's the same thing? Like won't people know that I'm taking this awesome podcast episode that I did all about these awesome cleaner products? Won't people know that I'm turning that into a blog post? Like aren't they going to find that annoying? So I do get that feedback sometimes where people will go, I want to do that, but it doesn't really seem like my you know, community would like that very much because it's me just doing a lot of the same things. Well, first of all, as I said, you don't do it immediately after each other. You don't have to you know, immediately put out a bunch, like all your repurposed content all at one time, not like a newsletter, social media post, blog post, and podcast all at once so that the people are just getting overwhelmed by it. You don't have to do that. You can spread it out over time and pace it out. Um, but overall, a big one to remember is that not everyone takes in your business's content or marketing um, in the same um uh, to the same extent that you do. So they might only follow you on Instagram or only be on your email list or never look at your blog or only look at your blog. So just keeping in mind that you're gonna be reaching a bunch of different people with this content more than you will be reaching the same people over and over and over again. And then also a good test for whether repurposed content is really good or not is if you read it or listen to it and you feel like, oh, I'm getting something slightly different or this is a bit of a different angle or maybe it's a deeper dive on one problem product or one aspect of this other, you know, more vague blog post that kind of covers a whole bunch of things. So just keeping in mind that that's also what I meant about not imitating the content literally exactly is that it just allows people to be taking in just more information about different pieces of the same topic or the same piece of research that you've put time into. Um, and I hope this cleaner example has been somewhat helpful <laughs> because, um, Obviously, every business is really different when it comes to this kind of thing, but um, I think that putting an example into it is always the best way to kind of visualize it for your own company or creative service or brand or what whatever um, applies to you. So that is a bunch of rambling on content repurposing, content marketing, content strategy, and um, a whole list of things I've been loving lately, which was my mission for this episode. And as always, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen and keeping up with me and um, the business and uh, marketing and copywriting strategy here on the podcast. And yeah, just sharing a bit of your week with me. I so, so appreciate it. And I would also so appreciate it if you would take a minute to rate and review on podcasts or Apple or Google or wherever you are listening to this podcast. It really does help. Um, 
podcasting and podcasters so, so much to see reviews and ratings, um, helps other people find the podcast and, um, also just great to hear what you're thinking of the episodes. So I hope you have a fantastic, fantastic start to your week. If you're listening on Monday and a fantastic rest of your week, if you are listening any other time, and I will catch you next week, um, for another episode of parentheses, the podcast. Thanks guys. Bye.